This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Welcome, friends. I am so glad to be with you today. This is Stacy. On this beautiful winter day here coming to the close of 2023, which is amazing. It's really my honor to be spending this time with you today. I don't take it lightly. And my prayer is that this time that we have together is really encouraging and life-giving to you Mm. as we together are pursuing the one who is the author of life. I... I'm really excited and happy today to have with me in this studio my very favorite person in the world, my husband, John. Hi, John. Hi, Stace. <laughs> you know what? This is such a coincidence. <laughs> what? Because you're my favorite person oh, in the I world. I love the way that worked. Yay. I actually have a secret crush on the host of this show, too. <laughs> Should I say that publicly? Is that okay to say? Say it. Say it publicly. I love it. So why, why is John in the studio with me today? Because Q&A is, is your sweet spot, honey. You've got a lot of sweet spots, but Q&A really is marvelous. And a couple of weeks ago, I wrote on my Facebook page, do you have any questions? I said that you and I were going to be recording a podcast together. And right. Do you have anything that you would like us to talk about? So, as you can expect, there's a lot of things that yeah. people would like us to oh, talk about. Oh, gosh, I bet. The there's whole a lot. range yes. of the human heart and the human experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, of all of the responses, they were so beautiful and so from the heart. I'm just even honored by that they would risk writing their questions right there. Mm. And so today, what I want to do is talk about some in the categories, like I've grouped them together. And obviously we can't get to all of them, but we can get to a few of the categories that people asked about. Because if one person had the question, it usually meant that five people had that question. Yeah, or more. Yeah, and if five people will write it, I think it's something like that stands for 10 times or 100 times, however. Anyway, it's a lot. There's a lot I would like. I've got questions. Yes. So I'm going to... I'm going to throw them to you. Of course, dialogue, conversational, adding my thoughts to as well. But thank you, honey. I'm delighted to be here. So I'm just going to read okay. this first question. I'm not going to use your name so that you all can remain anonymous, but you'll probably recognize yourself. Here's the question. If you had to pick one go-to daily practice that is impactful to you navigating the demands of this world, what would you pick? Um, oh, I know just, just one. I, I think we can say more than one, but yeah. we can start with what we consider the most important. I, I think it it's something we probably have never even named as a practice, but that you and I do habitually. And it it is the simple turning to Jesus, whatever's going on. So I just came out of a difficult meeting. And I just had to turn to Jesus. I'd go, Jesus, what was that? 
Come mm. into that. Mm. Just come into that right now. I'm, and I believe in worship. I believe in prayer. I believe in the pause and the pause app. Yes. Oh my gosh, so helpful. And I was going to say benevolent detachment. Yes. Because learning to let it go, especially in a world like this right now, is really, really a lifesaver. It is, because you can get buried. I can get buried under the cares of family, let alone friends, and then the situation going on all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So Stace and I have named the last hour of the day in our home, Benevolent Detachment Hour. And we just said, look, we've got to have a point at which we stop processing things. You've got to just have some margin, especially before you end your day. Yes. You know, kind of winding down bedtime, bedtime prayers. So Yeah. Yeah. But the first time we did it, remember, we, hey, it's, we're, now it's Benevolent Detachment Hour. Count one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bring up a question about somebody. And then you went, oh, yeah. And then we went, wait. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, so it might take some practice, but Benevolent Detachment Hour has been really good. Benevolent Detachment as a practice is a lifesaver. It really is. Just a simple thing of Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. But I was, I was having a conversation the other day with some guys about practices, and what I was trying to, there was something about the conversation that was I didn't like, and I was finally able to name it. Because what we were looking for is what's the list? You know, uh, yeah. what what are the essentials? What do I need to be doing? Yeah, and I I have things I do every day, but what I realized is we are looking for a lifestyle, a way of life. Yes, that is essentially centered in Jesus, and that's why, as we were just sitting here, I thought, you know, if I had to pick one practice, it would be Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, like that prayer, like I say it when I'm waking up in the morning, I just first thing before I lift my head off the pillow, Yes, Jesus, Jesus, come. And then just through everything, right? Like even right now in this moment, I'm doing it. Yeah. Jesus, what do you want us to say this week? Mm -hmm. Jesus, what? You see what I mean? Oh, I do, yeah. The turning of the heart continually towards Jesus. That's good. That's good. But I I have a question. You said that you just came out of a difficult meeting. And so what I'm I'm hearing is that even in the middle of it, you were turning to Jesus, like consciously aware, not wait until it's over, but in in the moment by moment. Yep. Catch me. Catch me. What are you saying? How should I handle this? Jesus. And I think what I'm saying mostly is union. Like, I need you. Fill me. Respond through me. I want to navigate through the day in union with Jesus. Yes. And, and so my prayer when I'm praying, Jesus, Jesus, I'm, I'm asking him, come and fill me in this. It was really funny. <laughs> Actually, so I had to run home, let the dogs out, and and I'm like, "What do I do with that?" You know, I'm, I was still mad. Um, and he he said nothing. Just oh. completely let it go. Mm. I'm like, really? Just like completely let? Yeah, completely let it go. Oh, okay. 
So like that, it's that living life with Jesus, doing life with Jesus in the hour to hours of our day. Because the thing about that practice is you can do it anywhere, anytime. You can oh, right. do it in meetings. You can do it on airplanes. You can do it on your stop commute. the stoplight, in the grocery store, exactly. in the carpool line. Bingo. That's accessible. Yeah, that's really good. I was going to go with this next question, but it really leads into this other question that um, a woman wrote in about who's practicing benevolent detachment, but finding that as she's practicing it, feels like she's kind of crossing over the line to not being engaged with her family. Mm. You know, I'm so, I'm so benevolently, benevolent, how do you say that? <laughs> benevolently <laughs> detached, <clears throat> say that three times, that, that I feel like I'm not present to them. How do you... How do you do both? Mm. Like be be in such a place where they're entrusted to God, but you still care and you're still invested. Yeah. Um, okay. So see, I was just going to do it again right there. Jesus, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, yes. Internally. Yeah, that's, that's it. Internally going, Jesus. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because um, there's so many different life and family scenarios the goal of benevolent detachment is to enable us to love better, not to love less. Boom. And so if we find that our practice of detachment is now removing us from loving, we've crossed over into... What is that, apathy? Or? I just withdrawal, uh, I yeah. think I would call it. Mm -hmm. Benevolent detachment is not withdrawal. Okay? It's not moving away necessarily, um, certainly not physically, not emotionally, but it, um, it's an internal releasing of all things to Jesus because we, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So when we find ourselves carrying heavy yokes and heavy burdens, we know that we can release them to Jesus. First Peter 5, 7, mm. cast all your cares upon Jesus mm -hmm. because he cares for you. Yes. Okay. That's a practice that frees your heart to be present without actually getting into the drama of the situation. So you may be sitting at a family dinner and feel yourself getting pulled in, yes. right, to the yes. gravitational yes. <laughs> field of the family stuff. Yes. Okay. And in that moment, sitting at the table, you go, oh, Jesus, I release these people. I release all this madness so that I can love, so that I can be present. Mm. Because loving isn't carrying. Yes. Wow. Right? Yes. And caring, but not carrying. Caring, but not carrying. And loving isn't always intervening. I'm just pausing because I want that to sit there for a second. Right? It's not always intervening. It's not always looking for the opportunity to turn the conversation to Jesus. Not that either. It's not. Yeah. And it, now we're back to Jesus. So as I'm Jesus, 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 as, as I'm in a family dinner and there's the old drama there or, you know, Uncle Harry has had too much to drink and I just, I just want to totally check out, that's not benevolent detachment. Benevolent detachment is I release all of this to the care of God. I'm going to stay present, but I'm not going to take the bait. Now, 
now, and then here's where I'm asking Jesus again, Jesus, what does it look like to love right now? Do I just be quiet? Is that just the best? Is that the best thing right now? Do I gently change the subject to, Aunt Reen, I, I love the way that you're doing your hair these days. Or, you know, just yeah. what does love look like right now? Because I'm not utterly withdrawn. Yes. I am in a benevolent posture of, I release all this madness to the living God. Now, what does love look like, Lord? That's so good. And that place where Jesus says, you shall know them by their fruit. To, to practice that, you don't enter into the fray. And then I know personally, um, my, my soul can get into tizzy and get really weighted down. Oh, big time. But if when I practice that, it, it's, it's like just shifting my gaze again mm. away from the situation or what's going on to, to the faithfulness of God. Yes. There, I, I, don't, I can't give the address right now of the passage, but um, it says, no man can give his life as a ransom for another, and he must stop trying forever. Only Jesus Christ can mm -hmm. save the world. Mm -hmm. And usually when we find ourselves really getting caught up, you know, there, there's some kind of entanglement going on that's not healthy loving. Mm -hmm. And so our emotions can trigger that, the tizzy or the rage or the, it's like, yeah, whoa, yeah, yes. whoa, I am having a huge reaction mm -hmm. to this. Jesus, help me release this. Help me release it. That I, You are the savior of the world. I release this to you. Now, what does it look like to love here? That is so good. Right? And Paul yeah. says, I pray that your love would grow more and more in knowledge and depth of discernment. Mm. Love, love is cunning. Love yeah. takes wisdom. Love takes discernment. Sometimes it is a difficult question. You know, when you say, Mom, every time we're together, you seem really anxious. What's that anxiousness about? Sometimes that's love to enter into that. Other times, and this is the beautiful walk with Jesus, other times Jesus says, you know what? Now's not a good moment. Just wait. Just wait. Don't and see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we're looking for wisdom and discernment in an open-handed loving that isn't trying to save the world. Yeah. But just love. Love. Walking with God, growing in intimate communion and union. We have a guide. I need him. I need every him. single moment. And he's here. Yeah. Available, wanting. Yeah. I love that. Okay, this um. This is, this is a question that's married to that. How do you navigate and hold on to hope during the heavy, difficult seasons of life and even come out stronger from it all? Mm. Wow. And isn't this, this is, okay, we're just, we're just coming out of Christmas, but, you know, hope. How do you hold on to hope in the midst of a world gone mad? Or in the midst of your world gone mad, or the, the midst of people that you love mm. really suffering, mm. how do you hold on? Mm. How do you hold on, John? You know, um, gosh, my heart just goes out to the yeah, woman. Yeah, the that person that's asking. Ask that question. Yeah. 
a lot of it has to do with where your hope is set. And I think, how do I hold on to hope? I, I have to stop and ask myself, well, hope for what? Um, what? Yeah, hope for what? There are some relationships that will not be repaired in this life. And I was praying about one of those things even yesterday. And, and there are projects I'll never get to. And yeah, the, you and I are dealing with aging bodies, and, and that's just a reality. It's too bad we're not doing this video. I've got this gorgeous... <laughs> Braveheart, like gash it's on my brutal. cheek. Pretty brutal. This it's is like what you have. Twelve on your face. stitches. Yeah, <laughs> aging bodies, aging bodies. Um, and so, okay, I'm just going to speak from my own life. Um, when I, I'm trying to, I, I think it was in all things new. I talked about casual hopes, critical cru yes. hopes, crucial, right? Mm -hmm. um, ultimate, ultimate hopes. Yeah. Thank you. You get. You have to start with my hope is that nothing is lost. Yeah. My hope is in the restoration of all things. Yes. I, I have to start there and say, well, we lost that vacation. I mean, we just lost it. Like there, there's no recovering that, you know, whatever it was financially or it was weather, or and that's just gone. Uh, but my hope is all things are going to be restored to me. And the more that that, permeates my being, the more, and it's, here we are back to benevolent detachment, the more open-handed I'm able to walk through the heartaches and, and disappointments of life, even the big ones, okay? My hope is also set, so we're, you know, if we start with friends, like, your future is fabulous. Yes. Everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. And all of your losses are known mm -hmm. to your Savior and your loving Father, mm. and they will be restored. Yes. Okay? You, at the restoration of all things. Okay, so then moving from that place of confidence, I still have hopes for this life. I'm not saying I'm just totally fixated on the life to come, I still have hope for things. But my next step is my hope is in a redeeming God. My hope is in an intervening God. That the God who came to Bethlehem yes, in the greatest demonstration of intervention ever, right? Talk about intervening. That God. My hope is in that God. And and then I just kind of have an open curiosity to, I wonder how that's going to play out here mm. in the certain, in the, in the specifics. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, okay. Okay. So now I'm, I'm dialing into a little bit more. Can I riff on? Please do. Okay. How do you navigate and hold on to hope during the heavy, difficult seasons of life? Um, what, what are you doing with your grief? You, you actually can't go straight to hope. The soul doesn't work like that. The heavy, difficult seasons mean there's heartache, pain, suffering, yes. loss, okay? Disappointment, maybe chronic disappointment. What are you doing with your grief? You, you have got to allow the soul to grieve. 
And sometimes the grief comes out in anger. And, and sometimes it comes out in tears. But you have to let that be okay. Like, um, why are you in despair, O oh my soul? The psalmist yes. asks. Like, ask your soul, why are you sad? Tell me why you're sad. And then write it out. Yeah, give space, give room to it. Yeah. Put words. Yeah. Put words to your grief. It, because in the process of grief is the healing. And then the hope comes. But it's almost like you can't even get to the hope until you properly grieve. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do a shortcut around your own soul. And properly sounds a little performance until you allow yourself to grieve. Put words to it. Do what you need to do. Right. And, and, and let the emotions out. Let the grief out. Let, and, and grieve before God. Grieve before Jesus. <sighs> grieve with him. Then the soul, it's an amazing thing. The soul is buoyant, man. The soul will respond to hope. Right? Sorrow may last for night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. You've got to go through the admission of the sorrow. Feel it. Feel it. Grieve it, invite Christ into it. And then you wake up in the morning like, wow, I'm actually doing better. Mm, that's so good. I think, you know, for so much of my life, I would feel bad for feeling bad. Because I thought that if I wasn't, you know, skipping around singing in the garden with Jesus, happy every day, that then obviously I wasn't doing something right or believing mm. appropriately or. Um, but then you look at the Psalms and you look at David and his mercurial emotions that they're all welcome and yes. they're, they're needed. Yes. No, you, yes. in this world, yeah. you will have suffering. Yeah. I just read this beautiful line from a poet that I used to read years ago. He's an old, old English poet, George Herbert. Yes. Um, and he has this unbelievable line where he says, I cried when I was born and every day shows why. Like just to, that's okay, gang. Yes. It's okay to say that. That's yes. not a faithless statement. Mm -hmm. And it's not even a, a cynical statement. It's just, look, life will break your heart. Yes. Often. And so if we will grieve and, and especially invite Jesus into the yes. grief, come into my sorrow, come into my loss. And he's doing a fascinating thing with me lately, which you know, which I want to describe. Something will present itself up from my soul, whatever it is, fear, doubt, anger, questions about the future, anything. And Jesus says, walk with me straight into the center of it, which is so counterintuitive because we want to run from yes, these things. Yes, get right? away. Don't feel that. Yeah, get away, get away. Walk with me right into the center of it and open the door to me here. Let me come into this. And it's just utterly transformative of whatever the experience is from my anger to my grief. That's so, so good. And it really circles around to the first thing you were talking about. Jesus, Jesus, she come into this right now. Yes. That's so good. You touched on something um, just even in passing, but you said you were thinking about it yesterday. And I know that this affects everyone where there are friendships or there are relationships and sometimes they come to an end. And sometimes they come to an end 
not in a nice way. Then comes, then comes the forgiving. You know, there's the forgiving of ourselves for the ways that we've failed. And, and then there's the forgiving of the ways that we've been hurt. And that's a whole entire podcast right there. But one of, one of, well, actually many people are just wondering about that. Like, is it okay? Um, And does it mean that you haven't forgiven if you're not in relationship with them anymore? Or Mm -hmm. as as I put it, the welcome mat has been removed from in front of my heart. Mm -hmm. Like, would you speak a little to that? Yeah. Um, So there's different, there's several things that are kind of clustered around this. There's like a little solar system um, around this. Let's see if we can touch on a few. Forgiveness is the language of the kingdom of God. And it is the rescue of the soul. And so when we find ourselves, let's just start with when we find ourselves in in places of anger, bitterness, resentment, rehearsing conversations, because this is what was happening to me today. I was starting to rehearse the conversation. And um, we need, you start with forgiveness before your emotions change. It's really important. You start with, I choose to forgive, and I invite you into this, Jesus, in my soul before the emotions change. Oftentimes, it takes time for the emotions to catch up to the act of forgiveness. But why is this so important? Because the enemy enemy is looking for opportunities to divide, to sow dark things into our hearts like hatred, resentment, bitterness. And forgiveness totally disarms him. It just takes all of the power away from him and his ability to get into a relationship uh, from your side. Yes. From your side. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can't control how other people handle things. We can control how how we do. And so I, I would say there are times that I have had to ask Jesus, cleanse me of this bitterness. Yes. Cleanse me of this resentment. I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but it's just true. I I have had to, um, gosh, like resentment was like a generational sin in my family. And and I have had to come to Christ and and say, look, you know it's here. I know it's here. I am bitter and resentful towards this person. I want to start with the cleansing of my soul. Would you blood of Christ, cleanse me of bitterness and resentment. I, I, I reject it. I reject it. Lord Jesus, come into this here. I choose to forgive. Before my emotions have changed and before anything has changed in the circumstance, before they have ever asked, I choose to forgive because that's the way out. That is the rescue hatch out of the burning building, right? Like, oh my gosh, like I I choose to forgive. Now, it's really important that we choose to forgive before people ask. Yes. Or apologize. Yes. Or set things right. Uh Uh-huh. Because- You can't wait for that. You may be waiting a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it it doesn't wait on that. Now, once once I have cleansed my heart, I have cleansed my soul of that with the help of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. 
And I asked them, please cleanse me yes. of this. Give me a pure heart Amen. here. I don't like this. Yeah. Okay. So it's really, it's a purgation. It's a spiritual practice. It is, I'm, I'm cleansing this with the blood of Christ. Holy Spirit, cleanse me here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then in that place, now you're in a better position to go, what kind of boundaries do I need to draw here? Um, because yeah, in some relationships, it is not wise, nor is it in their benefit for you to stay in the relationship. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna go well. And so the fact that you are not in communication with them or that you're withdrawing communication doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. You've done that work. Now you have the clarity to set some boundaries, right? Yes. What would you add to that, babe? I was I just want to add the truth that you're actually not meant to be friends with everyone. And that it's really normal for friendships to have a lifespan. Yeah, and it's not a lifetime. And it's very rare that a friendship is a lifetime. Yeah. But but they're generally for seasons and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And they end or don't end, they fizzle out with blessing mm. but if they end um with pain with betrayal with wounding then you everything you said you have to you have to forgive and then when it raises its ugly head again you have to forgive again yep yeah that's for sure yeah you do and sometimes you have to forgive a, a group of people Yes. You may have to forgive a church. Right. Or an organization, mm -hmm. right? Or mm -hmm. or a family, a whole family that has sided against you. And and to say it out loud, I I forgive them. But it's also important to keep the cross of Christ between you because oftentimes in in you know, relational hardship and catastrophe, soul ties are involved. Yes. Unhealthy emotional spiritual bonds. Galatians 6, 14, through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, I am actually crucified to the world and the world to me. And the, the Greek there can mean the whole human family, the entire human family. Yes. So the cross changes all relationships. And I have found it really helpful in this forgiveness boundaries process to also pray. And I keep the cross of Jesus Christ between us. Because if they're still judging you, or trying to control you, yes. or they're yeah looking for some sort of codependent. We're talking about you, some yeah. Yep, you don't want any of that. Yeah, coming back at you, and so to keep the cross of Christ between you is is a very very healthy practice. And again, I'm not doing it in hatred. Right. I'm not doing it in bitterness. I, I'm doing it in wisdom. Yes, in wisdom, and that what I've also found really um, helpful is blessing them. Praying for them. Yeah. You only you only want Jesus for them and yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good test. I think if you can pray for them and you can honestly, truly pray for their well-being. Now, gang, let's again, we're maturing in love. Sometimes their well-being means, Lord, I I pray that you expose this. Yeah. I pray that you confront them. Uh, you know, so that that's all part of their well-being. Their repentance is their well-being. But I'm not going to get all enmeshed in that. I'm going to say, okay, I bless them. I forgive you. I bless you. And I, I pray nothing but good for you. 
nothing but good. I pray for your well-being, knowing that God knows what he they knows need. He knows what it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so good. So on my little list of things that we're talking about, we've gotten to two. <laughs> I, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I know. I know. I already want you to come back. But what I would, oh, um, all right, in choosing which way we're going to go, I think what I'd like to to come to is under the category of waiting. There's a lot of waiting going on out there. There is the waiting um, for the person for whom God has spoken to them very clearly about what their call is or you know, confirmed their passions and said, yes, this is what mm. I want you mm. to do. We're going to do this together. And there isn't a glimmer of that happening on the horizon. Yep. And then how, wait, waiting seeking confirmation, mm. waiting. And then on the other side are people who perhaps are in a different season of life mm. and, and don't have the vision for what God has for them next. And that's very uncomfortable too, holding out, wondering, waiting, and I, I think in truth, John, that to everyone listening, all of you, aren't we all waiting for something? Yeah. So mm. it's, not an, it's not an uncommon experience, but it's a very uncomfortable one. So maybe those are two separate questions, really. But how about first for the person who are unanswered prayer? Yeah. You know, you, you, and they're good yeah. things. They're things that you know you're praying according to the will of God. You're praying. Yeah. And and mm. you're and you're waiting. Mm. So, at the beginning of each year, I write some things down in the opening of my journal. You know, I'm usually starting a new journal somewhere around the beginning of the year, um, and there'll be words that God has spoken o over the year, perhaps, mm -hmm. or there are things I need to remember. Yes, and. It's so interesting that you asked this question. You don't know this, but um, one of the things that's written on the first page of, of my journal for this last year, for 23, was wait in love. Wait in love. Because the problem with waiting is that you begin to doubt. You begin to doubt that you heard that from God, you begin to doubt that he is good, you begin to doubt that he's listening, you just, I mean, so many things. You begin to doubt yourself, um, and the, the antidote for that is to wait in love and, and to say, I love you. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit, in the waiting. I love you in the waiting. And it's been pretty transformative for my posture and, and just kind of for how my soul is doing in the waiting. And yeah, I, like, because God is up to things in the waiting. Oh my gosh, is he up to things in, in the waiting. And so I, I often ask, okay, so this isn't happening in the time frame I thought it was going to. Right. What are you after? In me. What are you after? As I wait, 
what are you after in me? So by that, are you are you asking what are you what are you surfacing in my own soul that you want to yep. address? Totally. Yeah. And he'll I mean, he'll say things like, You're angry at me. I am surfacing your anger with me. Can we talk about that? And it's okay to tell God about your anger with him. Gang. I mean, it's it's okay to tell him that sometimes Thank goodness. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I told a story uh, quite a while ago on the on the Wild at Heart podcast that God kept thwarting these fishing trips that I was taking, and I'm like, "What are you after?" I, and I wish I would have asked him the first time, but it, uh-huh. took, it took several thwartings. And what are you after? And you can hear the you know frustration. Oh, I was anger. I was raging in in my car by myself, and he said, "Your hatred of me." Oh wow! I'm like, ooh. That would be a very good thing to surface, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Y- yes. I. Yep. While I wait, I want to go with what you're doing in in the overall cleansing, healing, wholeheartedness, restoration, the sanctification of my soul. Yes, I want that. I want that. That is so beautiful. Because that's that's what God wants. Yeah. And in all of it, he's after mm. us, mm-hmm. the truest us, a relationship with us, union with us, mm. getting his love deep into the crevices where we don't quite know that yet. Okay. That's a really big idea because it takes things to surface that. I mean, we can pray it, yeah. but it usually takes circumstances, events, um, seasons of life to surface those things and to get, he's getting access down into it in the waiting. Yes. That, that he wouldn't have access to if, if the arrival had already come. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. But it's, I mean, what I'm hearing, and I believe this to be true, is it's, it's true that he uses all things for our good. Yes. The waiting, the not knowing, the wondering, yes. the asking, yes. the frustration, the mm. what's going on, like all of it. He mm. is mm. he is more after our hearts than than after us doing something amazing with him. Yep, that's right. Or for him particularly. That's right. And and the union. The union. He's after union that all of you belongs to all of him and is in union with him. And so, yeah, surfacing the heartache, the anger, whatever, the doubt in the waiting when you go, oh, thank you. I want that up and in the surface and brought into union with you. And it may, it may uh, then shorten the waiting once he's gotten to what he wanted to get to. <laughs> There you go. Right? There you go. Yeah. Honey, I'm going to land this, our time together. Is there anything, any final thoughts that you want to share with what we've talked about? There was a part two to that question, right? And it was the woman who was in a later stage of life yes, wondering. Yes, and wondering. Yeah. It's a really beautiful question about, you know, my career is finished and I loved my career and my I'm an empty nester and I blessed that. But now what? Yes. Now what? And this is where it's just so beautiful to ask God on a regular basis, Lord, where where are we going? 
what are we doing? What, what do you have for me? Because your story is still unfolding. Right. And your story is being written by a really, really, really good heart. And so to ask, and if you don't have clarity on that, you're just going to founder, wondering, what is this period about? What is this even about? I don't believe in retirement in the kingdom of God. I, I believe in retirement from a career, but not in the kingdom of God. We always have purpose, meaning, calling. Yes. Important things to do. Yes. In the kingdom of God and in partnership with him, according to our age, our resources, our energy. Yeah, that's all okay. But so you, like, Father, what are we doing right now? What is this season about? What do you have for me? What's my, what's my purpose now? He would love to answer that. Yes. He would love to answer that. Yes. I've been asking similar questions. Mm -hmm. So you had a piece of paper up on the refrigerator. It was actually for me um, that you had written, wait, don't scramble. Because I really found myself like spinning my wheels, right? You know, okay, well, this is what's next. And this is, and so that's part of the answer too, is you don't want to force something, make it happen, but be still in the waiting and in the asking and trust him to speak in the mm. ways that he does through his word, through you personally, through a song, through a trusted friend, all of it. Like yes. Keep your ears attuned, yes. but, but ask. Yeah. This is a perfect end to this because we're transitioning from 23 to 2024. Yes. And we're asking about the new year, you know, give that some breathing room. Don't, you know, expect to fit that into a 10-minute moment, that might take weeks. Yes. It might take months mm -hmm. to hear, but where are we headed, Father? What, what, what are we doing now? What, what are you saying to me about the new year? And, and even to ask yourself, is your soul ready to move into a new year? Because just because we've hit a particular calendar moment may not coincide with the season of your own soul. Mm -hmm. And you may feel like, you know, I'm I'm going to embrace 2024 in February. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> but right now, I no, I'm not throwing it into gear and I'm not, you know, yeah, moving with rapid speed into all things. Where are we, Father? What are you saying? What are we doing? This is literally where we started is that Whatever else is going on, you always have access to Jesus, to Papa, to Holy Spirit. You always do. And, and to ask there, it's, that's the joy, that's the adventure, that's the life, is, is this hour-to-hour, day-to-day, season-to-season of life with God. That's it, man. That's, that's, it. that's the good stuff. That is it. So friends, that's what we bless you with today. We bless you with union. Yes. We bless you in your intimate communion. Yes. With the creator of the universe who loves you beyond telling. John, thank you. Oh, this has been a delight. <laughs> yeah. Tell the head of the show I really like her. Would you? <laughs> I'll get that. I'll get that news along. Okay. So till next time, friends, bless you. Hi everyone, this is Stacy Burton, the producer of the Captivated Podcast. If you've been a regular listener, you've heard the encouraging teachings offered 
and the incredible conversations Stacy has had with her guests. So wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. May you be filled with the goodness of his love today, and we look forward to having you join us next time. Thank you.